So. <laughs> You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Welcome to another broadcast on When Christians Speak Talk Radio. Amen. I'm uh, Reverend Ray, or just Ray. <laughs> this is R3, Real Life, Real Men, and Real Talk. Amen. We're excited about having uh, the brothers, uh, excited about having two young ladies with the state, uh, LaMonica Williams and um, Nicole Tolson, has joined us today to talk about of uh, depression and suicide and all these different things that are going on, uh, not just in the world, but also in the body of Christ. So uh, we're going to get ready to get started. Can everyone hear me? Yes. 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 Okay, good. We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, thank you. I know I got Brother Tony on with me. Uh, Brother Elskin will not be with us. Uh, uh, Brother Cleophas, are you with us? I am. Good evening. Amen. God bless. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer, then we'll get right into it. Amen. Father God, we come to thank you for today. For truly, this is a day that you have made, God. We give all of this broadcast, every single person that we listen, God, to you, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way, Lord Jesus. We know that there's some healing, some deliverance, some helps, some restoration that needs to take place, God. So we pray, God, that it will prick men and women at their heart, Lord Jesus, and to remind them just how much you love them, God. We pray, God, uh, for our, our guest speakers today, God, uh, LaMonica Williams and Nicole Tosin, God. We thank you for them joining us on this men's show, God, to talk about the things that you care about, God. So, again, this is your broadcast. Have your way. In Christ Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen, amen. Again, I want to welcome everybody. As we are three real life, real men, real talk, amen. Today I have uh, with me the brothers, uh, um, Antonio Mitchell, amen, Cleophis Malone, and I'm Ray Rose. Uh, Brother Elston would not be joining us tonight. I'm, we're still waiting on Brother Tyrone. But like I said before, we have two wonderful women of God. Yes, they are women of God that are working in the field, amen, Um LaMonica Williams and um, Nicole Tolson. I uh, just want to say hello. How y'all doing today? Hello. Right. This is LaMonica. I'm well. Thank you. Amen. Amen. This is Nicole, and I'm doing good. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Well, real quick, let me do this real quick so we can get this out of the way. Um, Hisabound and Grace, top of the broadcast that we have on a weekly basis. Hisabound and Grace is, is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work with Reverend Pat Randall's is Thursday at 12 noon. Uh, Friday night, Joy with Reverend Ray and friends. Yeah, I got friends. <laughs> 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Reverend Ray is Sundays at 7 p.m. Uh, Bread of Life is actually the first and the fourth Sunday at 7 p.m. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcast are as follows. Lifetime with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bowling the Beautiful with Reverend Nobita Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration with Evangelist Lewis McElwain is every third Monday of the month at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, The Body of One with Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson is every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Of course, today is Hour 3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Elston Green, Cleopas Malone, Tyrone Rose, and Antonio Mitchell every second Sunday at 7 p.m. We do have a, a, midday glory, a prayer called Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. It's every Wednesday. Amen. At 1 p.m., the dialing number, free dialing number is 712-770-5505. As it's code is 722-499. We care to go and check out our website. It has been redone. So if anybody have not checked out WinPrestonSpeak.com, we've 
did a complete overhaul of the site and tried to make it as much user-friendly as we could. With all of that said, now let's go ahead and get started. We want to go ahead and um, um, get started uh, with uh, first with LaMonica and Nicole. We'll start with you, LaMonica. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know what we have in the battle, but just tell us who you are <laughs> and anything else you'd like to share. Amen. Okay. Okay, excellent. Well, good evening, everybody. My name is Monica Williams, and I am a psychotherapist. I'm a licensed specialist clinical social worker, and um, I do psychotherapy with individuals. I help people to heal. I'm the CEO and founder of the Healing and Refuge Center, where we bring healing, restoration, inspiration, and impartation to others, and we do that through counseling, coaching, consulting, writing, speaking, and ministering. Um, and I am now in private practice, which I've been in practice for seven years, been practicing about um, 18 years now. So, yeah, and I'm glad to be on the show. Amen. 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 Nicole. Hello, my name is Nicole Tolson, and I've um, been working in the field for about 20 years. Um, so, like, in all different capacities except in the jails yet, but um, I just got my license. I'm a licensed graduate, professional counselor, and right now I hold the position of a substance abuse counselor in one of the, um, the I guess, up-and-coming, like, um, companies, avenues, and they're all over. So that's what I do now. And I do Amen. counseling. I do group counseling as well as individual counseling. So. Amen. And again, both of these young ladies are, are licensed, and they more than all of that, the titles and everything they have, they are, they are believers. Amen. And uh, it's something that is much needed within the body of Christ. So we want to go ahead and open up the um, to the, with the brothers and uh, uh, Brother Tony or uh, Brother Cleo, for either one of you can start first if you have questions. And we just want to just have a little, little like a little fireside chat, you know, about some things. And amen. 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 Right. Uh, I guess I could get started. <clears throat> yeah. Um, one of the questions, and it's something that I encounter uh, frequently within my nonprofit organization uh, just to uh, bring awareness to the ladies that's on the call tonight. Uh, my wife and I started a nonprofit called Anaya's Project, which is dedicated to our daughter, Anaya Simone. Uh, who we lost at 28 weeks, I mean 28 month, uh, weeks of pregnancy, and we focus on helping couples dealing with pregnancy and infant loss. Um, one of the challenges, and this is a question to either one, one of the challenges that I always face is getting the men, the husbands, to actually share what they're feeling. And is uh, when we have events and when we have support groups, it's usually the women doing the talking and the men just sit there in silence. So what is the way that uh, men helping other men to kind of help, uh, you know, to share and not feel like, hey, if I'm just telling all of my business to you and you're going to go out and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, great question. Um, maybe I can say something about that, Nicole, and then maybe you could say something about that if you're feeling led to, to do that. One thing that's, that's coming to me is really to just normalize talking, right? Normalize talking. What I mean by that is just really just putting it out there by saying, you know what, it's okay to talk. Um, sometimes people just have a really, really difficult time talking and um, talking out loud so that people can, can hear them. And sometimes, especially with, with our men, because um, you guys just aren't as emotional sometimes as, as women can be, which is a good thing because we're definitely built different. But, but with that being said, sometimes you guys can keep things on the inside. So just normalizing talking, saying, you know what, you're in a safe environment. This is what we're here to do, which is to heal and to talk. And something that could help that I've seen help in groups um, sometimes that I do is getting a filling chart, right? And so what a filling chart is is that you'll have a, a list of fillings on a piece of paper. And I think they have one. It's this site called um, it's their, therapist.com. 
And yeah, I can get more information to you if you're um, if you want that. But anyway, like a feelings yes, card, and it basically have all okay. It has these different types of feelings on it: happy, sad, overwhelmed, you know, excited, burdened, just all the different feelings that you can possibly think of. Because sometimes the truth of the matter is, we simply sometimes can't put words to the way that we feel. And then when we're not able to articulate how we feel, people can sometimes assume that we're feeling nothing, nothing, especially for our brothers. Just like, oh, they don't have feelings. They're not, you know, expressing their feelings. Well, sometimes you just don't know how to, and that's okay. So I think a feeling chart really helps to facilitate um, men's emotions, all of our emotions, but especially, I think, with, with our brothers as well, just something that's tangible in their hand where they can look at. And then you kind of pass that around in the group and just say, hey, you know, this is the feeling chart. Maybe you didn't think of these words, but look at it, and something stand out to you on this chart and it's, it's doing an excellent job at describing how you currently feel, then you can say that. So a feeling chart is a very helpful tool. Okay, great. An, another thing that I used with one of my um, gentlemen that lost his twins, I had him to draw because then I could interpret it, like help him to interpret it versus him having to talk about all that. So – and that was, you know, effective in helping him, but everybody's different. And sometimes just being able to hear your story can help someone to kind of open up because it's, you know, you, it's a vulnerability that you, it's hard to do when you've gone through something that's really tragic. So that's what I, I've, I've done, like, a couple things when that's happened, but that's what I do. Okay, great. Amen. 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 Go ahead, Cleophus. No, no, go ahead. I, I can jump in after you. Yeah. Again, you're listening to Wood Christian Speed Talk Radio. Today's broadcast is our three real life, real men, real talk. Our special guest, amen, is LaMonica Williams and Nicole Tolson. And we're talking about uh, depression and suicide and all these different things that affect not only those that are in the world, but also the body of Christ. Uh, I'm at a point right now that um, I'm just. Every time I pick up the news people, newspaper or every time I see something on TV about a, a, a pastor or someone in, in clergy uh, being depressed and committing suicide. Uh, and it's, uh, we're living in a time, man, that we got to just reach out to each other, man, you know, uh, and everything. And let each other know that we're not, a, we're not alone. So hopefully in prayer for this broadcast will help those and, and let you know that that we are praying for you and uh, we are for you. And uh, we want you to, we want more than that. We want you to live because God wants you to live too. Amen. Um, one of the questions I have, um, uh, Nicole and, and, and LaMonica, is uh, what are some of the warning signs of someone that's um, going through depression or something like that? So there's a so um there's a couple um because there's different types of depression. So, mm-hmm. you know, if someone's not sleeping or they're not or their energy is just um dwindling or they're just feeling like worthless, like most you know, having these feelings on a constant basis or thinking about suicide and they talk about it. So there's so many different ones, so it's important that to catch it before. You know, so there's so many okay. different areas. Okay. Now, you, what you, what you mentioned, because I want to, one of the things I did in my research, I did find out there are, uh, there's major depression, and then I guess it's called um, situational depression, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can you guys explain that a little bit about what that is? Yeah, um, this is so Monica. Uh, what I say, like the um, major depression, uh, a lot of the major depression really have a lot to do with the chemical imbalances in the brain. It's no different if you have somebody that's a diabetic, right, and okay. there's things that's going on in their blood sugar and they need medication to help regulate that or they have blood pressure. So with a major depression, it's really something going on that's, that's chemically within the brain and they really may need some medication to help um, balance the, the different chemicals, everything that's happening in the brain with Situational, it doesn't, um, but situational depression, sometimes it's just a situation that just brings on depression. It could be a sort of circumstances, and then once they work kind of through that situation, then they may no longer have those symptoms of major de- depression. And yeah, and like Nicole was saying, as far as a lot of those symptoms, what that can, you know, look like as far as like suicide and depression, there is 
there is a, a, a lot, and sometimes there's some tall tale signs w- with that. Um, just like, you know, feel isolating. If somebody is isolating, they have withdrawn. Um, and like she had mentioned, they're talking about suicide. And <laughs> like she also said, because there's so many, sometimes people don't talk about suicide. They mm. just go ahead and do it. And then everybody's mm. kind of like, whoa, they're surprised. They, they seem so happy or, you know, they just seem so energetic. They caught me. They was so happy. And usually with, with men, sometimes if, if a man, um, there's not a whole lot of, lot of talking to it. If a man is usually going to gonna do it, then that's usually something that they just do. So the important thing is to be able to talk but there, back to your question as far as the um, situational and major major depression, that is the kind of the differences about it. That I would say, Nicole, you may want to add something else. No. Mm-hmm. Can can I say something about? Um, and in the since we're talking about like you know we're men of faith, a lot of times in church they say you know don't talk about it if you're majorly mm-hmm. depressed and it's not of God and all these things. But it's important for people to study the word and to know it for themselves because Ezekiel had some depression. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you look at some of the scriptures, there was a lot of ministers that God used that they were like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to kill, you know, like I want to go somewhere. And God was like, no, you're not going anywhere because I called for you to do this. So it's not something that you have to hide because great men of God, struggled with this but God got them through so that's what you know men that are dealing with this need to know that God is able to get you through there is something he still he did not he's not going to take your call back just because you're dealing with depression you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um ladies uh Monica Nicole uh this is Cleophas um I've got a I've got a two-part question um relative to uh suicide prevention and such. Um, one is, what is the impact on uh, a family member, a mom, a dad, or someone in the family when they know someone is at that stage? Um, uh, I guess it was two months ago that uh, Ray and I spoke and we um, talked about uh, this kind of outline. And this past week alone, I've had two of my employees come to me with issues with their children. <clears throat> one of the children has been hospitalized and the other one attempted suicide. And it's, it obviously is a, it's a great strain on them. Um, what are some things that, and I, I know the word, I know scripture. Um, in some cases, these guys, they are not believers as such, but they know my faith and they're coming to me. Um, what impact does it have on a, on a family member? And then, what are some practical things uh, someone like myself can uh, say and lead and guide them in? Yeah, great, great question. Um, wanna... Can I just get some clarity to his yeah. question? Are you saying the impact yeah. of the suicide completion, or are you saying the impact of them being suicidal? The impact of them being suicidal. Okay. Well, um, no, 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 you're great. You're doing great. Um, well, what, what I was saying, this is Lamana, but in terms of the impact on families is that it's, it's great, right? It's a great stressor. I deal with a, a lot of families who are currently experiencing that, you know, whether it's a, a child or an adult child, and it's stressful. A lot of parents feel helpless, right? Um, they can feel um, guilt, a, a lot of guilt. Um, and not really knowing what to do. And I always go back to talk, 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 talk. You have to be able to, to talk and get help. So when people are coming to you and they're, you know, sharing this with you, and a lot of times they're carrying this burden that they may not have necessarily been equipped to, to carry, right, because it's, just, it's too much. They're, they may not be therapists, and even if you are a therapist or a qualified me- mental health professional, you don't want to be doing therapy in your family. So it's always good to reach out outside of yourself and to be able to get help. There is qualified mental health providers out there who can help. No one should have to go through it alone. And it's coming out of shame. It's talking more about mental health um, and taking the, the taboo off of it and just know that we have to be able to take care of our minds. And until we're able to openly talk about these things, 
these things um, as far as mental health is uh, concerned, then we're going to be really suffering unnecessarily. And, um, you know, we all experience pain. That's inevitable. Sometimes we, you know, just experience pain, and there's emotional pain. And the thing about our mental health is that a lot of times people can't see our heart hurting. They can't really see the state of our mind. But if we have a broken leg or a broken wrist or something, then they're like, oh, let me help you. But that's something that they can see. But nobody's really walking around with the arrow penetrating in their heart or, you know, just penetrating in their mind. And people can say, oh, they're they're in mental anguish or, or something like that. So we have to be able to talk. So it's excellent that they're coming to you and they're talking. And so outsource, you know, tell them about resources. And we can definitely share some of those resources with you. But the first thing is get to a, a qualified mental health provider, a professional, and do it quickly. It's nothing that people should be trying to go at alone. There's people that's trained out there. You can, and like you said, they may be Christian, you know, they, they may not, or what have you. There's help out there for, for any and all of us. So being able to point people in the right direction, and if there is a diagnosable mental health issue, and not just issue, but a diagnosis, then um, there's a great resource called NAMI, and it's N-A-I-M-I, I believe, NAMI, N-A-M-I. And that's the acronym, and it's NAMI. And they support, it's a, a big, um, like, nationwide support system for families who um, are going through mental health issues with family members because it's a very, very lonely journey if you are not getting help. But people do better when they get help. So that's the key, get help. Also, I wanted to add to what she said. I agree with everything she's saying, but there's a national suicide prevention lifeline, and it's 1-800-273-8255, and that's for the United States, 24-7. They're not like licensed clinicians, but if you're at the place where you're going to take your life, they'll, you know, send someone to your location, or they'll get you connected to a a clinical psychologist or a social worker that can help you through this situation. So it's it's available. Um, yeah, and I would say get help as soon as possible. If you're at a church, um, you know, use your crisis, you know, if there's a crisis um, person you can use. Now, um, the EAP, I used to work as an EAP, and so you get like six sessions, but they'll get you to a qualified um, clinician if they can only do six sessions with you, but definitely talk to somebody. Thank you. That's that's very enlightening, and and the thing that uh, was <laughs> what's really available to myself and my employees is we have a um, uh, a, a hotline for uh, employees to call into that are struggling with <clears throat> whatever, whether it's mental health, financial, or whatever, to to get some guidance and direction. And and in the heat of the moment, it totally escaped me, and I will make sure I pass that along to them, and it's free. Yeah, and another um, helpful tool, um, there's a crisis text line, and that text number is 741-741. And if somebody's experiencing, you know, a crisis related to mental health, they're feeling suicidal, it's, it's a suicide prevention line, and they account the rule beyond the line, and they can text, and then it's, I guess if they really need to speak to somebody, they may be able to, to certainly do that again. But that number is 741 741- Seven four one, and it's a crisis text line, and it works. And, and it works. I'd like to try out things before I refer it on to people. Okay. Um, so it works. Awesome. And, Thank you. And the one thing to remember is that, like, when someone is, a, a lot of times people um, don't take a lot of the calls seriously, but it's important to take. You know, when a child or an adult is saying, you know, I'm suicidal, it's important to take it seriously to get them some help because you don't want to say, well, I could have and didn't do anything. And so many times that happens and people attempt. And, you know, and sometimes they complete because they have said that this is what I'm going through. So it's important. And also, like, being a manager, just getting them somewhere quickly. Um, I used to work in the Pentagon, so it's a lot of things that go on. And just, you know, it was a gentleman that kept crying out saying, I need this, I need this. And nobody was doing anything until it was too late. So it's just important to um, definitely. And if a person doesn't have, like, say they don't have a lot of, like, say they have Medicaid and they don't have a private insurance, get them to their health department or if they're in Virginia Community Service Board or a place where they can get 
mental health services, but it's available, you know, through, like, I know I'm in the DMV, but that's, you know, how you get, and if you get to your health department, they can get you all that you need to get to. So. Amen. 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 Uh, Brother Tony, you got anything that you want to add? Yeah, I actually, uh, it's kind of piggyback off a Cleophis uh, question. I actually have a coworker that had a very close friend who actually had a suicide completion. Mm. And and, uh, she came to me um, because she knew my faith. Uh, She uh, was not a believer, but she came to me for comfort, and I shared the word with her. But uh, what resources are available to those who are affected by someone who actually uh, completes uh, a suicide? If Now, if you're in the area, like if you're in, I guess, the DMV, I'm not sure about Kansas, but if you're in the area where we are, they have what's called, if you're like a woman of faith or women or man of faith, you can do grief share, and all you have to do is put your zip codes, and then you can find a location that's a support group that will help you that's gone through, you know, different people have gone through that. And also they have support groups for people that their children have committed suicide or someone in their family. So, you know, there's resources to be able to um, start that process. Yes, absolutely. And I would um, add to is you can look on, you can like Google type in psychology today. And it's another thing like um, Nicole was mentioning, you can put in your zip code and they'll find qualified mental health providers in your area. Sometimes um, people may not necessarily be ready to, to do a group and they want to do one-on-one, but and they'll say one-on-one or it'll say group there as well. So, yes, there's all kind of resources. That's why I want to stress the importance. No one should be hurting alone. No one should be suffering alone. There's too many resources out there. We just got to break the stigma off of, you know, the mental health stuff, especially, you know, with, with our men as well. So, um, yes, yeah, psychology today. You can type that in, actually zip code, and you can look at um, therapists in the community that you reside in and get connected. So, okay. Yeah. And also I think a, another thing that um, is affecting, like, our community, like just a faith, is just the substance abuse element because, there are times when people get depressed and they'll use substances, but they'll hide it because they don't want the stigma or whatever that goes behind it. Mm -hmm. So it's important to connect. Like if there's something, yes, you might be masking mental health, but if it's something else that needs to be addressed, get yourself into treatment, you know, quickly so that you can address that because it may take you to a, a, a very dark place depending on the drugs that you're mixing up and drugs have so many different things that are going on. So just, you know, be aware of that too. Yeah. Another question mm-hmm. I have: Can 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 mental health, uh, you know, be hereditary, like high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, you know? Yes, yes, yes. It can. Some things um, can definitely. And I know as we do mental health, so not associations, but mental health assessments is we always kind of take a mental health. Um, History, because what we find sometimes is that if somebody is struggling with a with a diagnosis, because with the mental health issues, there's spectrums to different diagnoses. Just because somebody is struggling or having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month doesn't necessarily qualify them to have a diagnosable mental illness. But when it comes to mental illnesses, um, there is a correlation sometimes between um, maybe a parent or even an auntie. It could be a distant aunt or uncle or somebody in the family may may have that. So sometimes there's a predisposition to depression and things like that. And then sometimes people have things and they don't, um, there's nobody in the family that have it that they know. But to answer your question, absolutely. Amen. Thank you. You're Amen. welcome. Um, uh, I'm going one to other question. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you're good. Oh, okay. One question I wanted to ask, um, is right now I'm trying to change the paradigm shift and, you know, my family uh, regarding mental health. There's not a lot of proponents that support, you know, going to a psychiatrist for mental issues. Uh, Pretty much my family has the mentality of you keep it in-house and whatever you're dealing with, you just deal with it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So how can you start 
to change their mindset or uh, what are some of the things that you could do that's not just pulling it all on them, but just, sub, you know, just subtly just helping them to really see the value in having their mental health as well as their physical health. So I would, this is how I would answer that one. Um, I just wanted to jump in and answer that one because so many times, if someone had diabetes, right, they would say take this metformin and make sure that your levels get down. And why would why would you not, like a person wouldn't say, you know, I'm not going to take this metformin because why? They could, you know, have a heart attack or whatever could happen to them, right? Same thing in mental health. You have to manage it. If you don't manage it, same issue. It's going to get worse. And then mm-hmm. what? So it's important that just how you would manage your diabetes or you would manage some type of other condition, if you broke your leg, you're not just going to lay there and not go and get your leg set. So you got to do the same thing with your mental health. So if you, and I like her term where it says normalize it because it's the same thing. You have to go and check it out because if not, it's going to get worse. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Nicole. That, that's very, very correct. And um, she talks about the word, again, of, of normalizing it. Um, we, we have to do that. So educate, 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 educate in a very um, sometimes a subtle way because this is a sensitive subject, you know, when we're talking right. about mental health because we're talking about privacy, we're talking about heart matters. And sometimes people just struggle alone because it's very, very private. But just, you know, trying to meet people where they are, and as far as trying to get your family on board and maybe friends or or what have you, this even tonight's call is a great talking point. You can say, you know what, I had an opportunity. This is what we talked about tonight, and some really helpful things were said, and then use that as a platform to share with others. We got to get talking, you know. Um, If we're hiding it and we're um, acting as if this stuff does not exist, then people are just going to continue to want to hide mental health problems because it's taboo, and especially for minorities, right? Some of our other, you know, um, kind of <laughs> parts of what have you, they will go and they'll get their help and they're doing the things that they need to do to take care of themselves. But because sometimes as minorities, and especially as African-American people, I will say this, um, it's just like, okay, let's not let's not talk about it. Like you said, what happens in this house is going to stay in this house. We're going to work it out. We're going to pray. We're going to do that. And all that is wonderful. You can pray and have a therapist too, okay? You can have a pastor and have a therapist too. So we got to get talking about these issues. There's different pamphlets out. You can maybe print some things off of the, the internet. Internet. And, you know, um, and again, I would be very open if some, if you, any one of you guys want to contact me to give some type of in, information. And, you know, you may just set it around your house or open up a dialogue and say, hey, guys, what do you think about that? We got to get talking about mental health. And then when somebody do commit suicide, it's like we're becoming surprised about this stuff. And it is. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. But we're not talking about it. So we got to talk. Talk, 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 talk. So this is great, and that's why I am honored to be a part of this conversation tonight. Because we just got to talk about it. Yeah. Where we're starting, we got to talk about it. Okay. And sometimes, and I think sometimes even you sometimes have to confront why is a person so not wanting to talk about it? Because like I'm a therapist, right? But at some point when I was going to grad school, and I'll just give you like my personal experience, is that I had to go to a therapist. Because I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I need a therapist. And I love the Lord and everything, but I had to talk some things out. And so sometimes we have to do that. But um, so it's important to, you know, get talking, like she said. And, you know. Amen. Now, okay. Amen. Okay, I have a question, actually, for both of you, uh, Monica and Nicole. Okay. And this way, they just say, what kind of teaching do you recommend um, for pastors or leadership in a church setting? What 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 would be the best the best ways to approach them? Because a lot of times, and uh, Nicole knows this, uh, when we were going <laughs> we were going to the same church, we were going to Tree of Life, and I I was doing the, the crisis ministry. We did the crisis ministry um, together. But one of the things I noticed, a lot of churches are not really set up to deal with people that are going through um, mental illness, whether it's depression, suicide, or any of that kind of thing. And uh, so give me give me some feedback on that. 
Yeah. Well, I, I will say, say this um, <laughs> as far as teaching. Sometimes we're not equipped to teach everything, and it's okay. okay. That's why we are all, you know, just in the body of Christ, and we all need each other. So we can start by calling in a qualified mental health provider, a qualified mental health professional, somebody that's credentialed, right, somebody that can talk about these things and address it in the church. God is raising up plenty of of psychotherapists to be able to address mental health issues. And sometimes, you know what, that's just not our lane, and that's okay. That that's right. okay, and when it's not our lane, we can do a lot more damage to people, right, right. and that's the part that's not okay. <laughs> Such right. as right. you know, uh, don't go to therapy. I've had you know people come to see me, and you know, people I've told them, you know, don't go to therapy. We just gonna pray. Them folks just want your money, or they just want your business. And it's like, oh no, that is not it. We gotta start talking, and the people are getting sicker and sicker, right? Mm-hmm. And right, right. you know what? We got to be able to talk. And if it's not our lane, cool. We're not specialists in every area, but we cannot be afraid as people of God, as as pastors, as apostles, and whatever else. So just, you know, even in within our organizations as marketplace leaders to call in the professionals, call in the specialists to get to talking about things. So, yeah. Amen. That's, that's good. Yeah. yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah that's really yeah, and I think that we probably, and not talk about the particular truth, but I think that the body of Christ need more of that. And I like the idea that God has raised it up of leaders and teachers that can that are that are specialized in those kind of things because it's needed. You know, um, it can no longer be a taboo. It can no longer be hidden under the, the uh, under the, the the pew or nothing like that. But it has to be spoken on. It has to be talked about. Nicole, did you want to add anything? I just think. I mean. God is a relational God, and I think if we were talking about everything and we're just open because we're a family, that that wouldn't be, you know, that wouldn't be taboo or they wouldn't feel uncomfortable. And so I think at our churches, we need to change in being able to just talk about anything so mm-hmm. that we can, everybody can get the healing that they need instead of it being like, oh, you're mentally ill. Oh, you do this. Oh, you do that. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Because, I mean, I just look at it, and I'm not trying to be so holy and stuff, but I just look at, like, God would sit down with his disciples and explain to them, you know, what they need to do. So why don't we just sit down and have a conversation and just make it normal? Like, just just have a regular conversation, you know? I mean, if you you need a professional, that's great, but it might be that you just need to talk, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's all. Absolutely. And not that I mean it, it doesn't negate the fact that you know people are professionals, but I'm just saying like I think in church it's just so it's like we have to put on for so long. Why? This is the body of Christ. If I'm hurting and something's going on, I should be able to tell somebody to be able to pray with me, set with me, something. So. Amen. And talking, yeah. talking is good. And what I would say about that too is safe people. I want to identify safe people. You have to be able to identify safe people because we should be able to talk to any and everybody, right? And even in the church, and we know the reality of that sometimes we're just not able to. And that has to change, and that starts with us, right? Right. The change definitely starts with us so that we can be maybe that for other people if we have not received that. But you have to have safe people to to talk to. Safe people are identified as people, you know, that's going to be able to, to keep confidentiality, right? And sometimes, you know what, not everybody is mature enough to do that, and that's why people's not talking because they hear their business on the street, and they're like, nope, last time I opened up to somebody, they told so-and-so, I ain't going to see no therapist, I'm not going to do this, but that was Mm -hmm. a totally different um, context, it was a totally different situation, that's why I always stress professionals, and, you know, because by law, we have to keep confidentiality, right, so that's so painful to me, and that gets people feeling very, very comfortable, and they can stop and breathe and they're just mm-hmm. like yes and so last week I had um, I'll just share this I had a gentleman that, that came in and he had never been in therapy before 45 year old um, African American male and um, I just I, I love it when people just come to therapy especially you, you, you know just my brothers and, and men because it just doesn't happen very often he said well I'm going to tell you right from the jump I don't believe in therapy I don't even want to be here I'm against my will and I listened attentively and I met him where he was we was 30 minutes over session 
okay? He had mm-hmm. so much that he wanted to say, so much that he needed to say, so much that he wanted to release. I'm a real stickler on time, but I allowed him that extra time because he just needed a safe place to be able to talk. And sometimes just by right. talking, you can feel so much better. And he said, you know what, I feel so much better much better and you have to be willing to invest he didn't have insurance but he paid you know the full the full fee you know within my practice because he knew people around him were saying brother you need to get some help your anger you know this is what needs to happen so you got to be able to invest and you have to when you get to the point where you just tired then you're like you know what i'm going to reach out because i'm dying on the inside I can no longer keep this. uh, I can no longer keep this on the inside of me. I can't live like this anymore. Some things people might say. I feel like I'm gonna explode. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I punch Mm -hmm. the wall. I'm going off. It's domestic violence. All of this stuff. And then we have to stop Mm -hmm. and say, what's really going on with you, brother? Mm -hmm. What is this really about? So we got to talk, talk, talk. And so safe people, you can't talk to any and everybody. Oh, how I wish that you were able to, but in reality, we can't. And don't advise it, not good. You know, you got to have safe people. Those safe people are the ones that's going to validate your feelings and listen. And you know what? Um, See a professional. You see a professional. Okay. Go ahead. I have quite enough follow-up question to what you were just speaking about. Uh, what what role does fear play in an individual um, not seeking help? Um, is it is does it play a role in that? It does, and I think that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Nicole, you can chime in as well. It's a great question. I don't want to over spiritualize it though here because we can talk about the spirit of fear and we can go there. And I can I can I can definitely go there. <laughs> However, when we over spiritualize, that keeps us out of the therapist chair and the therapist's office anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Who isn't scared of new experiences, right, and doing something new and going into an office, talking to a complete stranger, pouring out your heart to them? That's scary. I've been on the other side of the office. I've been on the couch, like Nicole said. Sometimes in grad school, they'll, you know, have you doing therapy or what have you. And out of grad school, I believe in therapy, okay? I just don't say – I'd be like, I'm biased. I tell my clients I'm biased because I'm a therapist, but I also have a therapist. I believe in therapy. you got to have a safe place where you can talk. Fear plays a part, but when you get there, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is the best thing that I ever could have done for myself (laughs) so fear and you know what you know what acknowledge the fear and do it afraid amen amen drop the mic I agree (laughs) (laughs) amen amen Amen. this is an awesome go ahead I got one other what role does religion play in it it, um, that's a hard question. I mean, I, on my end, it is. I know she's private practice, so I'm gonna let her speak on her end. But on my end, it's hard. Um, it like if it's. I wish I worked for a Christian organization. I don't. So I don't. You know, like when we have to do all these practices. Most of our practices are Buddhist practices. Um, but again, um, it, it plays a big role because that's just what how we get our license under those practices. But it just depends on what your agency does, because a lot of times we can't even talk about, you know, God or anything dealing with spirituality um, unless it's like the 12 steps or whatever. And it just vexes me. But um, in in terms of, you know, getting someone to I mean, when it comes to like suicide, a lot of our clients, even when they don't they have no belief, they use like, well, I don't want to go to hell because grandma said I'm going to go to hell now. I mean, you know, so it's a lot of stuff that plays in when it comes to, like, killing myself. But other than that, so, um, yeah, that one's hard for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll pray. <laughs> good. Yeah, that was, yes, that was good. Okay, thank you um, for sharing. What I would say, religion, I think it plays a, a, a big factor, a big role. Why? Because in the churches, a lot of times people are saying, you just need Jesus and you don't need a therapist. They so. Right. <laughs> you just need Jesus and you don't need a therapist. Pray about it, fast about it, see God about it, all that. I am a prayer warrior. I believe in prayer. I definitely believe in the Lord. I know things change. Uh, prayer changes things, but I also believe in a good therapist. God is raising 
amazing mm-hmm. up therapist. So we got to stop with the false teachings in the church. Number one, people be scared in their boots sometimes as Christians coming to see me because, you know what, and I am, you know, pastor now, but, you know, a pastor, a good-meaning pastor, then said, you know what, don't you go to no therapist? And they come there, oh, I don't know, and I stayed out for years because my pastor said, I don't need a therapist. You can have a therapist in Jesus. You can have a therapist and a pastor in Jesus. You definitely need Jesus. Come on. You know, Amen. you definitely need that. Amen. And so as far as religion go, I don't cram religion down anybody's throat. People come to me. Sometimes they have practiced Wiccan. They Jehovah Witnesses. They whatever, Muslims, what have you. Um, and we, I meet them We as therapists because we're trained to do that, meet them where they are. But any what I operate is in godly principles, period. And so even the things that we have been trained in, we can say, okay, you know what, let me find a scripture on, on this. So they might be of a different religion or what have you, but believe it's some holy or going on in my office, some prayer that went up, you know, in my office. And, they, <laughs> and that's just how I that's how I operate because I'm surrendered to God first and Amen. foremost, right? I'm surrendered to the Lord. So we got to stop giving people false information. People can have a therapist. There are Christian therapists out there. That can that can help you. That's willing to help. Yeah. So we gotta stop giving false information in church and then calling people crazy because they want to go to the therapist. They don't make them right. crazy. You just might not be qualified to help them. So it's you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a pride thing. And it's like okay, although I'm not qualified, you don't need to go to nobody else. Let me do the counseling. Let me do all the counseling. And this you know, no people people are dying both physically and spiritually in the church because we're scared to talk. Amen. And one of the things I did when I was at the Pentagon, when I was working there, is that when I would pray before they came, and I would just ask God to lead me in what direction to go. And so even though I was praying, because I'm going to pray to my God, but I would pray and God would tell me, give me a group of words, like when I was counseling, he'd give me a group of words, and it would shift people going in, you know, the direction they needed to go. And it was gentlemen that sat in my seat, and he said, you know, I don't believe in God, don't believe in going to church all these different things. But after, I I think I had about nine sessions, he said, you know, I went to church, I went to this Baptist church, and, you know, I like it. And I never said anything about God or my relationship with the Lord or nothing. So I said, well, bless God. You know what I mean? So things Mm. like that, God will change. If we're just in the atmosphere, we can change Mm. the atmosphere because of the anointing. So I believe in that. So I just, what I do is you don't have to believe in nothing. Like even when I go to this, I I don't like, you know, working for the company I work for, but when I go there, I just pray and I just allow the Lord to have authority in that place. I don't care what they doing up in there. And God will show me exactly what I need to do. And he'll shift my clients the way they need to be shifted. And I say, amen. I give all glory and honor. And that's what I do. Like in every practice, every place that I've ever worked, I just prayed a lot. You know, I had a lot of clients that were suicidal and stuff, but if I didn't want to be in a hospital all the time, I just prayed. I, I had a, I had a, um, it was like a sofa that was in the corner, and I would pray on that sofa like every day. And wow. so when my clients would be suicidal and, oh, my gosh, I can't do this, and I would be like, just get to that sofa. When they get to that sofa, I knew I could get some sleep for the rest Come of the night. Come on. But, yes. <laughs> so the thing yes. is, I just did that. And that's, I mean, and that's what it just teaches you to be a warrior. And so that's, you know, that's it. Amen. 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 Again, you're listening to When Christmas Feet Talk Radio. This is our three real life, real men, real talk. Our special guest today, tonight is LaMonica Williams and Nicole Tosin. And we're talking about something, man, that man, I don't care who you are, where you are, you definitely need to share this broadcast uh, about um, suicide, depression, or mental illness, or whatever you may be uh, facing. Uh, there's help for you. Uh, Nicole had given out the uh, telephone number. Well, I want to go ahead and get that out again real quick. Amen. It's called National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. And they had also given us some other information uh, that you could, uh, I think it was a text that Monica had given out and uh, other information, people that you can go and get help from. Don't try to do this by yourself. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do not try to do this by yourself. And then, Amen. Uh, go ahead. Do you want You guys got any more questions? No, no, I, I don't have any more questions. Uh, just, just okay. a uh, statement, a follow up to um, one of the things I heard is is uh, about teachings. 
Um, and I, when I asked about religion, that's what I was speaking to. Uh, was okay. Teaching because I think a lot of uh, <clears throat> teachings uh, can be uh, out of tradition and not always out of the word. And I think right. we we carry people down a path um, in our in our traditions that we've always done it this way, and my grandmother did it this way, my daddy did it this way. Uh, but we have to be open to new things, to new ideas. Um, and more importantly, we have to listen, you know, because if we're listening, if we, if, if, if I'm truly a man of God, I'm always listening and, and, and seeking direction from Holy Spirit on how to, how to mentor to someone, how to speak to someone and, and in a way to guide them. And I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know everything and I don't want to know everything. So mm-hmm. I don't have any problem leading somebody or pointing somebody in a different direction um, that will get them the help that they need. And I think this is a great topic um, with everything that's happening, not only in the body of Christ, but around the world. In the world, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, I think it's an important topic, and I think there's a stereotype that if you're getting some kind of therapy or you're going to see a professional, that you're unstable. And I don't mm-hmm. know that that's the case. I think you're trying mm-hmm. to better yourself, just like if you were going to the doctor to get medicine for uh, a sickness or a disease or illness. I think you're just trying to make yourself better. So, right. Yeah. Oh, and I, I want to add real quick to that is that um, I always use the word holistic healing, okay? Because we and that means that it, it covers body, soul, and mind. And a lot of times we are ready to get healing on one part, but the other part is not, not completely healed too. You know, so Jesus not only, uh, I think I just lost somebody. Jesus not only um, cured, but he also healed. And that's Amen. that holistic, holistic um, talk, talking that we're talking about. And, and one of the things I also want to add real quick um, is that sometimes healing doesn't come through the traditional way of church. Okay. Uh, sometimes healing will come through medication. Healing can come in. That's what it means that medication comes through doctor, comes through different forms. You know, uh, one of the things I'm talking about on Friday is that healing comes through also through obedience, <laughs> obedience and everything, you know, um, and everything. So we got to, I mean, we have to change our outlook and look at it from a whole holistic, holistic um, point of view. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so, so, right. Go ahead. I apologize. So, Go ahead. so Ray, um, you know, on the, uh, I guess I'm going on the lines of holistic. Um, I just yeah. took a training in, in regards to like, you know, depression, and the man, the gentleman was saying that I, I know some people fear going to a therapist because they think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go on an antidepressant or something like that. And he said most times, most things can be cured if you just take the time to be able to do what you have to do to heal your brain and you know to do what you have to do and so he said he's been this man does a lot of research and he said so there are times they're very there they're very few he said that need medication you know as far as depression so he said that you know you just need to get a therapist you need to do these different things and he was telling us what you know the studies that he's done and this man goes like all over the place so I was like wow so for a person that's scared to go to a therapist they may want to hear that because that would make them want to go to therapy because mm-hmm. if you go to therapy and it's effective because if you're in a good place and, you know, like you get yourself into a good place and you're able to grow and do what you have to do. And he's saying, like, everything is not always in, like, a a, um, a castle. He's like, it, mm-hmm. you sometimes have to just put the work in it. And if you do it, you'll start to feel better and be okay. And then there's times when you do have to go see a psychiatrist. But there's times when you could just sit down and talk to a therapist. So just for for the gentleman that said, you know, his family might not want to do it, you know, sometimes just hearing that, that you're just talking to somebody. You're not mm-hmm. even, you know, it's not that you have to go and get on anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I don't want to cut off. Okay. All right. All right. Um Amen. Our time is almost up. We got like about six minutes, six minutes, six minutes left. Um, Nicole and Monica, man, you guys are uh, uh, God, God sent. Um, yeah, thank God glory. for you. 
I mean, I mean, we could probably talk about this a, a lot longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at least another show or whatever. It's another broadcast, you know, because I know that there's so much information and in, in, um, in you, so much anointing in both of you. And it takes a special anointing to do what you do. Like you said, look, Monica, everybody can't do it. Everybody can't, <laughs> everybody can't be that safe person that you talk to, you know. And stuff. Yeah. So I bless God for both of you and what we're going to do. I want to give you any last words, anything you want to add, um, Monica and um, Nicole, anything else you want to add? No, I don't have anything. You're good. No. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say um, thank you guys for having me on the show. It was an honor to, to be here and to meet everybody. And, Nicole, thank you for serving with me in this capacity and to the brothers. So, we, we meet you guys. You are important, and I would just say, let's start talking and let's keep talking and let's stay talking. So, thank you. Amen. Amen. So, what I'm going to do is, uh, Brother Tony had to leave real quick. I'm going to ask um, Brother Cleophas to um, go ahead, and I want him to, uh, to, to. I'm trying to I want to make sure I'm listening to God correctly. I want him to go ahead and and um, and close us out. And pray for you too, but also pray for everything mm-hmm. we just talked talked about, my brother. You know, um, the body of Christ. I mean, my heart is 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 uh, not just the body, but the world overall. Just people Amen. just uh, giving up hope, man. And you know, and um, we 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 have the information to give them. And I think it's a time for us to be bold. You know. To, to tell them that God wants you to live He don't want you to die You know, Amen. And Even with what you're going through Jesus Christ would walk you through that Through these things you know. And it's okay like Nicole and, and uh, LaMonica said to go get help You know, Don't try to do this by yourself Amen So I'm going to ask you to do that my brother And go ahead, like I said close out in prayer Pray for these two women of God And the ministry that God has called them in And anything else the Lord leads you to Okay Amen. And I'll just say this uh, just before I pray. You know, I think as as believers, one of the things that we we have to remember that everything that is God created, created it for himself. So if God created doctors and he created doctors for a reason, if he created attorneys, he created attorneys for a reason. You know, everything that we ever will need, we already have in the body of Christ. And it's one. So with Mm. that... uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you on this evening. We thank you for the message that went forth, Father. We thank you for these two mighty women of God, LaMonica and Nicole. Father, we thank you that every need that they have is met. We thank you for their heart to serve you, Father, and to do your will. Just like Brother Ray said, and everybody can't do everything, so you strategically place people in the body to fulfill a role, and these two mighty women of God are in the body to fulfill a role, and we thank you for it. Now, Satan, we remind you of your permanent appointed place beneath Mm -hmm. our feet where you have no dominion, no power, no authority over us. For we're not governed by fear, but we're governed by love. For the Bible tells us that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for the people that may be listening on this this broadcast and people around the world that are struggling in this area of mental capacity or health challenges that causes them to think that there's no hope or no way out. But there is hope. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in you, Lord God. And we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for this, this avenue, this tool, this uh, broadcast, Father, that you've given uh, to Brother Ray, the vision that you've given unto him to put this out on the airways, Father, where people can hear. Maybe they've never seen a therapist or maybe they've never heard this kind of teaching or talking about, but that door has been opened. It's been opened ajar so that they could step inside and get the help that they need. And we just thank you for it now. We give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for Brother Antonio, who had to abruptly get off the call. We lift up Brother Elston on this evening, Brother Tyrone and his family, Father. And, Father, we thank you for families that are on this on this airways this evening, Father. We pray the peace of God over their lives. Yes, Lord, God. have your way in their lives. We pray that 
eyes would be open, ears would be unclogged to hear the message that is loud and clear. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And again, real quick, we want to continue to keep Brother Tony um, in prayer. He had just sent me a text. Amen. So we, Father, we pray for him. And yes. the host, whatever he's, whatever he's facing right now, you know everything. God, we pray that your ministry angels will come now, Lord Jesus, with him and his family. We do pray for in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Again, um, the moniker, uh, <laughs> the code is with a blast. We didn't even yeah. talk football. We'll go Cowboys. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Ray? Oh, man. You, you couldn't go one hour without bringing that up. You know what, Ray? <laughs> we had a good time, bro. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. But, but thanks again, LaMonica. Thanks, Nicole. Thank thanks, you. Thank you, uh, uh, Cleo, for man. You guys and God said, God bless y'all. And y'all have a good afternoon. God bless. You too, How are you? Again, you've been listening to what Chris and Speak Talk Radio. This has been uh, our three real life, real men, real talk. Amen. And our guest has been um, LaMonica Williams and Nicole Tosin that we've been talking about. Amen. Um, depression, which is a real thing, suicide and mental illness and all these things that we go through as a body of Christ. And uh, to let you know that God loves you, please don't do yourself any harm. Um, know that God is with you. Uh, find a Bible-believing church that will love on you, that will direct you, that will disciple you by all means. And if you're going through anything like the things that we've been talking about, please get help. Don't try to do this on your own. The enemy wants to destroy you, but God wants you to live. So this is Reverend Ray signing out. God bless you. We'll talk later.